Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to a special mini episode of Broad Street Hockey Radio. It's a bit of a random one, but I think you're going to like it. Um, essentially... I wanted to know what kind of person would renew their season tickets this year. Who would want to give this organization their money and why would they want to do it? Because obviously people are, and we hear a lot about all of the bad things about the Flyers organization, but if people are willing to shell out thousands of dollars to see this particular product on the ice, surely something must be going right. So. I really just wanted to pick someone's brain. I wanted to know, why is it that you are giving this Flyers organization so many of your American dollars so that you can go to the Wells Fargo Center and see this team play hockey? So luckily, I was able to find a very nice gentleman named Dave who was willing to share his thoughts with me. So let's do it. Uh, Without further ado, we're going to go into the mind of a Flyers season ticket holder. Hope you enjoy. Um, thank you again for doing this. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I mean, you know, it's, um, it's so frustrating. It's so helpless. I think sometimes it's just, uh, it's almost therapeutic to talk to, uh, to other fans and, uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's so frustrating right now. It really is. It is. And I totally understand why people are just like, you know, blanket mad at the Flyers Mm -hmm. organization, but it kind of drives me a little nuts only because like, I'm sure that you're the same way. I've loved this team for so long and this is probably the lowest, if not the lowest point as far as the hockey goes for me. I've been a fan. Um, But like separate from that, it seems like the team is really trying, like the organization is really trying to like, do what they can to make it fun for fans. Yeah. The business like, ops, business ops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if, if you've decided that like the hockey is so bad that you don't want to be a part of this anymore and you're just not going to participate, like that's cool. That's fine. But the way that like everyone will just like shit on the team, if they make a stupid tweet about like star Wars night or something, like, it's just like, could we not like, could we not <laughs> could right. we like, could we just like, be positive a little bit. About yeah, I mean, yeah, like personally, I, I, you know, I find the gritty anger to be misplaced too. It's, it's That's as if, so weird. you know, it's as if, uh, you know, gritty has some, you know, because we have gritty, we don't have a, a an adequate, you know, hockey ops department, like as right. if related in any way whatsoever is uh, always blew me away. And, you know, they've downplayed gritty so much at the games. I, I would say that that's one thing 
that um, I'm kind of disappointed with. I know, I know, and I know there was a lot of feedback from some of the older season ticket holders, which I think had something to do with it. But at least when you went down to the game and, and there were some, you know, some tough seasons here the last couple of years, I mean, you know, Gritty would always give you a laugh or two and, you know, it was, it was kind of part of the experience and now they've, they've dumbed it down so much that it's, you know, you barely see them at all other than banging that drum. Yeah. Which is a bummer because it's, the kind of the the funnest thing to come out of the Flyers organization in the last, you know, 10 years almost, which is really depressing. But, but like, like you said, it's, it's nothing to do with the hockey. The P the other people can't do anything about the hockey, but what they can do is try to make going to a game a fun experience. And it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of that. I do. I think, I think they're doing better. And, um, I mean, any, and, and so, you know, just any specific questions that you have planned that you wanted to ask me as far as just kind of what I'm thinking, or do you just want to yeah. kind of just have some conversation, however you want to handle it, just let me know. Yeah, sure. Let me, let's, we'll get into the questions a little bit. We could just, this is obviously very casual. So. Yep. How long have you been a season ticket holder with the Flyers? I think this is year five or six. Okay. So not even that long. No, no, it's, um, you know, so I'm just, yeah, I got to the point where I, I, you know, 54, I have four daughters, uh, who are all, you know, high school, college age, um, you know, got to the point where, you know, was, uh, it was something that I was able to, uh, to invest in, you know, financially and, and make the commitment and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. So really enjoy it. Great. You know, it gives me a great opportunity to, you know, take all of my, my girls down and, you know, um, just that kind of bonding and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a great experience as far as that's concerned. That's awesome. So did you, cause it seems like a lot of season ticket holders, um, at least kind of the more vocal ones seem to suggest that they purchase their season tickets as a kind of investment. Like they get angry that they're cheaper on the secondary market, that it's hard for them to resell their tickets. Did you get season tickets as an investment in the sense that you hoped to resell most of them or did you get them because you wanted to go to games? No. Yeah. I, I got them to go down. Uh, not an investment whatsoever. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if anybody was doing it for an investment, they really, uh, they might want to uh, uh, get a better strategy there because uh, it, that that's certainly not the case. Although I will, I will say this and I, you know, and, and just to, add a little bit of context too. I, you know, I have been a, you know, I did have game plans in the past. Mm-hmm. This is the, you know, the, 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 the five years or so now has been as a full season ticket holder. So, okay. um, and I did get, you know, playoff tickets, um, you know, against the penguins and, you know, I thought, all right, well, this might be a good opportunity now to get in, be a season ticket holder, get playoff priority, you know, all the things that we saw last year, right. With the Phillies, yeah. right? you know, it's like, Gosh, I remember in 93, you know, taking off from work, you could go down, you, you go down to the vet, you could buy World Series tickets. It wasn't a big deal. Now it's like if you don't have a way to get in, you're spending $1,200 for a standing room seat. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, playoff tickets are uh, a significant investment anymore. So it does make sense if if you're a fan of a team, you know, it, it does help to have that that access. So, um, you know, never in a million years thought, you know, five, six years later that, that we would be where we are right now. But, um, you know, at the same time, again, for me, it's not an investment, even when they don't make the playoffs, it's, it's still something that I feel is worthwhile. I love going to about 20, 25 games a year, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, um, the, the ability to sell on the secondary market has been substantially better this year. Really? And the last four or five years. And I have absolutely no explanation for it. Now I will say, and, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm sure going to be, um, you know, something that you would be interested in and part of your questioning, but the number of people in seats, butts in seats this year is significantly higher. So there are certainly more people going down. And so, you know, that could be it. Uh, it could be a function of other fans from, you know, the, the opposing teams are, that are ones that are buying the tickets. I have no idea. You know, certainly the Devils and Rangers and, you know, even the Islanders, you know, having all the local teams that are close by, Pittsburgh, Washington, okay. all be in playoff, you know, even Toronto to an extent being in playoff position, Boston, you know, all those teams are in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe that's driving up some of these sales here, but um, yeah, I I've been shocked. I've been shocked. I remember going to a Winnipeg game last year and it was during the week. Most of the games I go to during the week um, or most of the games I go to are during the week. I actually have a harder Mm -hmm. time getting to the weekend games with, you know, coaching and, and stuff that I do. Yeah. So I, I usually go to the games that are, are harder to sell because um, it's just easier for my schedule. And I remember going to a Winnipeg game last year, and I'm telling you, if if there were six or 7,000 people there, max, maybe, yeah, I mean, it was less than half full. It, was it got easy. real rough. Yeah, it, and, and, and most of the games were in the second half of the season were like that. And I know Anthony Sanfilippo said this recently. Um, because I've heard the contrary, uh, I've seen the contrary on Twitter, and it's not true. There are people there this year, and I'm telling you, I would say even, and I was at the Monday night game against the Islanders. I, I've been to some, you know, early week games where you would have expected a small crowd, and there's mm-hmm. been at least fifteen, sixteen thousand people in seats every single game that I've been to this year. You know, I've I've noticed that too, actually. Um... And I kind of expected after last year and things kind of being worse in a way than they were last year, um, I kind of expected the attendance to be about the same or go down. But you're right. When I go to games now, it really is a lot more full than I think people would expect given the state of the product on the ice. Right. Um, And also the idea that seems to be pushed out a lot, at least on social media, which I know is not, you know, wholly representative of real life, but, um, you know, the idea that, that we're not going to spend money on this team because we're so angry at the on ice product, which like, if that's what you decide to do, that's cool. I, I get it. But that is very clearly not what's happening with the overall fan base. People seem to be happy enough with something that they're still willing to make their way down to the stadium. And even if you get your tickets cheap, which you can do, um, especially if you're not picky about where you're sitting, you're still, you know, you got to pay for parking or, you know, take 45 minutes on a good night to get down there on SEPTA and, you know, you're paying for your food and your drinks. So you're, you're shelling out some cash regardless of what your tickets cost. So people are still finding value in going to a Flyers game, which I Personally, as a fan of the organization, despite my, you know, dismay at the hockey part of it, that's what I want to see. Like, I don't want to see this organization totally go into the tank. Like, that's not good for anybody. Um, 
No, I, I do. I, I think it's interesting that there are so many people going for yep. you. Yep. Um, as a season ticket holder, I've never been a season ticket holder. Um, I had a friend who was, and he very kindly one time took me to one of those like uh, Q and a with some of the, the business yep. guys. Yep. Um, he asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, yes, like I want to see inside. Like I want to know what's going on. This was actually last season. So it was, you know, kind of the height of people being pissy with the Flyers organization. Yep. And you mentioned earlier that a lot of the older fans were complaining about gritty and it seems like they've kind of pulled back on gritty a little bit. And it, it was like, it was an, an older group of people. Um, which makes sense. Cause to be honest, season ticket holders are, or season tickets are expensive. Yep. Um, and a lot of younger people can't afford to make that kind of investment right now. And, and even if you can, it's kind of hard to justify doing it. Like I theoretically could, you know, right. pay for season tickets, but it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when the team looks like it does to justify doing it. But the, the complaints were interesting to me because they were very much like, you're not catering to me personally. And as a result, I'm upset about this. Like things like in my seats, the music is too loud, which, right. uh, you know, there are a couple spots in the building where the music is a little bit loud, but you know, it's also a, a hockey game. Like it's loud yep. or, you know, the flashing lights are annoying. And it was just kind of like very like ticky tacky complaints, which I don't know. I, I found it a little bit obnoxious, but like also I get it because a lot of these people have been season ticket holders for like 20, 30 years. And they're like, you know, we're the people investing in your team, you know, give us precisely what we want. Um, for you, what would you say has been kind of like the nicest thing that has come from being a season ticket holder that's been different from when you used to just go as a regular fan or when you had a partial plan? Um, well, I, you know, as, are you, are you talking about like the experience itself or just the kind of the perks of being a season ticket holder versus just being a fan who went occasionally? Yeah, I guess kind of the, the perks, like the, the things that the organization does for you as a season ticket holder that, you know, we don't really get to see as, as a fan that just goes game to game. Okay. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I would say the biggest perk right now, which has been, I mean, it's been amazing this year is the ability as a full season ticket holder to be able to transfer any ticket to any game. Mm. So that they have tier pricing, right? I mean, your, your tickets are based on an average price, right? In the, um, in the, you know, like the promotional flyer, mm -hmm. right. That you would see online, right. It, it right. says, you know, if you're in this section, in this row, your seat is, you know, X and they give you a number. Well, that's just an average. Uh, and then depending on, I think there's like five tiers, right? So if it's a Monday night in November, you know, that ticket might be, you know, $45. But if you go to the Black Friday game, it might be $95. Right. So they all have different prices attached to them. Uh, but at any point, I could take, you know, the two tickets uh, to the Penguins Black Friday game and I could transfer that dollar amount to purchase two extra tickets for the, you know, December, Saturday night Rangers game. Oh, as an example. And, you know, it's a monetary transaction. And if you, um, you know, if, uh, you know, 
you would owe, right? If I was trading $50 tickets for $60 tickets, I'd have to pay $10, right? Or if it was the reverse where I was trading 60 for 50, I would get a $10 credit that I could use later on. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So it's been extremely helpful. So if I can't make one game, but I want to bring two extra people to another game and you know, I can't make that game. So I just transfer those tickets to another game. Now I have four seats for one game and, and none for this game. If I, you know, want the ability to be able to, again, just maneuver as you could imagine, right. Things that you might want to do. Um, as a, as a full season ticket holder, you, you have that option for any game. And I think if it's a half, if you're half season, I think last year it was five, maybe this year they're going to make it 10 of your 20, you know, 21 games. Um, you could transfer, you can transfer the preseason games. Like I could transfer the, the couple of preseason games, move them all into a regular season game. So I didn't have to eat the preseason games anymore. So to me, that has been the biggest perk. That's actually very cool. I didn't, I, I kind of have like peripherally heard about the transfer. Um, but for some reason in my head, it was only like, cause you, can you also do a thing where, for example, if your seats are, you know, section 215 or something up in the second level. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And there are Kelly, that's my section. I can't believe you just said that. Is that where you're that's my section, 215. Oh my God. Sometimes I think I'm a witch, Dave. That is unbelievable. All right, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, please. <laughs> that's so weird. Um if like so your seats are upstairs. If you were going to, you know, a Rangers game and there were two tickets available downstairs, can you also kind of flip them with that same kind of pay the difference? Yep. situation for a different yep. you can do that too anywhere in the building and um yeah so i've done that before too last year i haven't done it this year but last year you know i would take two games um and and you know so four total tickets and i would transfer them to go and, and get two tickets downstairs for you know a game so personally for me um i actually prefer being upstairs uh, yeah, I mean, and i'm in the second row which is kind oh, of perfect nice. because the first row is is has its own pricing tier, which is like significantly higher. I think it's like, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, depending on the game, higher than being in the second row. So um, the first row doesn't make sense. The second row, it's perfect. Uh, you can see everything. Every time I go sit downstairs, unless you're looking right in front of you, you're looking through players, glass, the penalty mm -hmm. box. Um, you're almost, you know, if they score, you're just waiting for people to cheer because you can't actually see the puck go in the net. So for me, I, I love being upstairs in the second row. It's, it's awesome. But yes, you could do that. You could transfer tickets, uh, anywhere. And, um, the other thing that they have this year, are you familiar with this kind of like rewards thing that they rolled out this year? Have you heard about no, that? I'm not. So there's an app, um, and it's like a rewards app and you can earn points. So when you attend the game in person, you get 500 points. If you watch it on TV, you get 100 points. If you, um, uh, during the home games and some of the away games, um, they'll have trivia during the game, during the stoppages. So like when I'm at the game, 
soon as there's a stoppage and they come out to scrape the ice. They'll ask a couple of questions. Who won the opening faceoff? You know, uh, is um, Kevin Hayes going to score a goal in the, tonight's game? Hmm. And, and you know, basically it's like a contest. And if, you know, the higher you score, the more points you get, and then you can get bonus points. And so, you know, you have the ability to kind of collect these points. And then they have like, you know, apparel and tickets yeah. and, you know, like, um, you know, the giveaways, right? Like, so like the you yeah. know, gritty fanny pack you could go out and buy for 250 points or, you know, the shirt they gave out for opening night, you could go out and get for 500 points. If you wanted to get two mezzanine tickets, it's like 1500 points. So, you know, the ability to be able to do that and cash those in, I've been, you know, especially at the end of the year here, I've been just cashing in points, getting really good tickets downstairs, um, you know, giving them away to family and friends. And I mean, again, it's been, it's been wonderful. So it's called the Inside Edge Rewards app. Okay. Yeah. I think great. like I've, I think I've heard like that, like phrase inside edge or whatever, but I had no idea about this point system. Yeah. It's the first like, year. Just, okay. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm like a mark or something, but that just seems really fun <laughs> to me. Like it seems like a fun thing to do. It um, really is. And it's, and it's actually distracting me from the game sometimes because I'm so like <laughs> writing down, like who won the opening face off, who had the first shot on goal, who had this or that, you know, like, and now I'm like, kind of like, just like, it's, it's got me chasing points instead of watching the game. Um, they normally do, but it's, and again, the points, I mean, the, the thing that's, that's beneficial is really the tickets. Like if you want free yeah. tickets, you know, you can cash in a couple of thousand points and you could get like tickets that are downstairs that are, that are worth, you know, hundreds of dollars. Right. Or you could cash in 20,000 points and get this cheap fanatics sweatshirt that probably cost, you know, $20, you know, probably cost them $20. Right. Um, so a lot of it is kind of, you know, wacky as, as far as the, 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 the points and how you can use them. But if you just wanted to cash them in for like free tickets, it's a gold mine. It's awesome. Hmm. But I think that goes back to, again, that that's only in place now because they, they're, there's open seats, right? If the, if the yeah. place was sold out every night, you wouldn't have the ability to cash them in for, for free seats. Right. And then and the, the one, and, and of course it's beneficial for them because they can give away the seats, right? They just want you down there. Like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, right? If you go down, you're going to pay for parking. You're going to spend a hundred, 200 bucks just to go down. So it's beneficial for them to give away the seats. But um, yeah, this rewards app has been great. So I would say those are the the two main things for me right now that are kind of keeping me again it's not it's it's still not a financial investment but it it right. it makes it more palatable if I can't go and I know the game's not going to sell it doesn't matter I just transfer the tickets to another game and I'll you know and I I can move those things around and if I want you know before I would you know if you know offer tickets hey you know you know offer them to family and friends now I can go on yeah. the the rewards site and just get all these extra games and tickets um, and, and give those away. So, you know, it's, 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 it's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, it, it has changed. It's, it's been a little different since I joined. I mean, they used to have, um, you know, you would get gifts in the summer. I think one time they had like a Phillies day or a Flyers day at the Phillies game, like one of the business person special, they went down, you got a hat. Got mm. the game, and then you know another summer. I think they sent us. I think the year maybe of the 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 when the game the stadium series, the game at the link. I think they sent mm-hmm. us a blanket in the summer and a yeti, and 
you know, you would get gifts, you know, here and there. And then the last couple of years, they've had this like, um, tiered benefit thing where if you were like a season ticket holder for 20 plus years, you would get, you could get to choose. They had like a grid. It was like a major okay. and you could choose from, you know, two of these in this column and two in this column and two in that column. And if you were only a season ticket holder for, you know, five years, you would get one of these and two of these. And so they had this thing. I, I think they're doing away with that next year. And mm-hmm. now we're just giving the season ticket holders pretty much access to anything, you know, that they would have like the, yeah. the town halls, the chalk talks, all those things. So I know a lot of fans, again, are very vocally kind of annoyed with Comcast as ownership, which I personally think is a bit silly. Yep. Um, I think it's, it's another one of those things where people conflate the business side with the hockey side. Um, how would you say that you feel like as a customer that you've been treated by the business side of the Flyers organization? Uh, I would say that I am, I'm pleased. I'm pleased overall. That's good. Um, I would say, again, I don't, I, it's like what we talked about before with gritty. Yeah. And I I get that, you know, it starts at the top and ownership is the one that has Dave Scott there and Dave Scott's the one that hires, you know, um, you know, Chuck Fletcher and so on and mm-hmm. so on. So I, I get that. But at the end of the day, it, it having a corporation own your team doesn't necessarily make the organization doomed for failure just because it's, you know, Comcast Spectacor and, and not Ed Snyder. Um, certainly, if we had what we felt was at least a competent person in charge, then all of the stuff downstream would be beautiful. Right. You know, Molson owned, you know, um, the, the Canadians and, you know, I, I, you know, and all these, you know, that's, it's, it's not uncommon. So, um, you know, I, I do think that they take care of their customers. I mean, we constantly, Kelly, I mean, constantly, almost to a, it's almost getting a little bit too much, constantly getting surveys. Hmm. Almost every game, it's like, hey, how was your experience coming in? What was the parking like? Was it easy to enter? Was it easy to exit? How was your concessions? Were this, you know, was the staff nice? They're constantly getting feedback. And and the last couple of years, they've really put that to good use. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I from a customer, mm-hmm. I, I feel appreciated. Yeah, there are times where I think they could do a little bit more at certain things. Um, over the last couple of years, I, I, but I do think that they're making a concerted effort to make that better. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm just, I can't get over the hockey ops and the product on the ice. I just, I can't for the life of me understand what they're doing. Everything that the business ops is doing is the complete and utter opposite of the hockey ops. So it's like, it's almost like, you know, Hextall was let go. And I'm sure you heard the same things that I heard. And you and you probably have sources that are much closer uh, to the situation. You know, he had his inner circle. He insulated himself. He, you know, micromanaged everything to the point of, you know, the carnival even. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just like, we've had it, right? We want a more collaborative environment. And so what did they do? They brought in some of their old cronies there. and now they're collaborating, but, but again, it's just a, you know, the, the inner circle went from three to six or seven. 
and it's still yeah. the same. You know, they're still insulated. They're still not listening to anything. You know, they keep saying that they're investing in analytics. And then every single move that they make is the complete and utter opposite of analytically driven. Yeah. There's nothing that we do is analytically driven. So, you know, again, you've got business ops that's doing all of these crazy things with, you know, the in-game experience and apps and, and this interactive, like during the game, you're answering questions and it's interactive and it's, you know, they're, they're trying to do all these things and they're, you know, they're, they're like really trying to, you know, again, keep up with the market, keep up with the changing times, right? Their audience is changing. Everything is changing. So you got to continually adapt. And then there they are up in the box. And I'm just looking yeah. at them going, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, can you believe Kelly? Can you believe like, and it's almost like you could, and I know you've, you've probably talked about this a thousand times on the podcast and written about it. Like, how in a million years could you ever give up a first round pick and two second round picks for Rasmus or Stalinen? How, how, how is that even possible? The day I heard that I was like, Oh, okay, we're getting Risto. That's great. I kind of like the guy. I'm kind of excited to get him. So I can't wait to hear that. We maybe gave up a second round pick, maybe an additional mid round pick. Okay. That's great. A second round pick. That's awesome. Wait, we're being told that the flyers are also adding in a first round pick. Yeah. Wait, hold on. We just gave, we gave the Coyotes a second round pick so that we could do this deal. So now it's a one and two twos. Like I, I, who could have ever blessed that deal and said, that's a good deal. There's like, there's no, there's not a single person in, in the league, another organization that would have done that. There is no. no way. There's no way that anybody, Nick Delorier is a, I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. He's great in the locker room. He, you know, we all understand his role and I'm, I'm happy he's here. Four years, 20 team, no trade. The no trade is the one that really, the no trade for Nick Delorier really gets me. <laughs> the 20-team no trade. You know what good teams do? And again, I know we wouldn't have gotten them had we done this, right? But but good teams sign those players to a one-year deal, and then they flip them at the deadline for like a second right. or a third, right? And that's how you right. continually do this. Like Montreal, every year, is just flipping these UFAs and just getting another first-round pick. You know, they flip Sherratt, and it's a one and a three, and they – you know, and, and that pick's unprotected, but then we trade for a pick that's a year later and it's top 10 protected. So now it's, it's like everything we're constantly chasing who, who, like, again, it would be like us going. And now this year trading a second, third and a fourth for God, for, for ghost. Like that's what we did with Tony D he was basically signed for nothing in Carolina. And then Carolina then turns and flips him for a two, three and a four. Like, how is that even possible that we would have done that? I like I don't even understand what they do. It's the complete opposite of everything that we're talking about with business ops. It's 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 mind blowing and I don't understand any of it. And even that with all of that, I guess, and this is probably um what you're most interested in hearing, even with all of this frustration and absolute like we we ha- we can't even fathom what they're doing, it still is not changing my opinion on whether or not I'm gonna renew. I'll I'll be honest with you, Kelly. I've been close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, like I've gone to, you know, like I've been like, I'm out, I'm out. Like every time they do something, you, do you remember, like, we haven't really done it this year yet, but if you remember like the last year and a half, two years, you're like, well, we've hit rock bottom, right? Yeah. It not get any worse. Nine, nothing to the Rangers, right? Everybody's going to get fired tomorrow. You know, this is rock bottom. And then a week later, you know, somebody's, you know, yeah, the year. And then, and then this, right. And then that, and then this, and then we just set a new low every, every month. It was like a new low, new low, Uh new low. 
I've been so close to being like, I'm done, I'm done. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm I'm 54. The league, you know, Batman and the owners have already taken two seasons from us, you know, in the last 20 years. So, you know, I don't want to waste another season. I, I know it sucks. I, I hate what they're doing. It's the opposite of everything I would do. But I'm not going to let them, you know, ruin and take another season away from me. Yeah. And you can still have fun and enjoy yourself despite because I don't know but I'm sure that you're the same way as this because you've you know shelled out all this money for tickets for five years but even a bad hockey game is a good time like I've never gone to a Flyers game and had a legitimate bad time even when the game's been terrible yeah you still have a good time yeah I mean I I, I agree I I do I, I certainly enjoy it more this year I mean there was you know last year was Man, there were some <laughs> games last year, and, and yeah, there was nobody there, so that made it worse. But then the year before that, um, or actually, shouldn't say that the what would have been the last full year was that the year that went into where COVID hit, right? So the year yeah. that got shortened at the end, that year was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I think I was at like I was over twenty games. I think I was like every. I think I was like nineteen and four. You know, like when COVID hit, like it seemed like they were winning every time I was there. It was great. And then, but then last year, oh man, last year there were some, there were some rough games, but no, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's still fun to go down. Hockey's great because, you know, anything can happen any night, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Blackhawks beat Toronto last night. I mean, anything could happen on any given night at a hockey game. And so, yeah, I agree. I agree with your point. I think it's, for the most part, it's still an enjoyable time. I mean, heck, I mean. You know, some of the other sports, you know, sad to say from from at least when I was a kid, I mean, some of the other sports are almost, you know, getting to the point of being unwatchable. And I just feel like hockey is just still so exciting to watch and especially in person. It, it It's just the best sport. Yeah, it is the best, the absolute best. Dave, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me about this. I really appreciate it. I know it was kind of a random thing, but I really just wanted to inject a little bit of positivity into the world when it came to the flyers, because I think we need it from time to time. Ah, Listen, I appreciate it and appreciate everything that you, you know, you do for, for the fans and, uh, you know, wish you, uh, you know, nothing but the best of luck. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, come April 1st, we'll, uh, you know, you'll be uh, back up and running and doing everything you want to do. Here's hoping. Thank you so much. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.